This is a podcast, a podcast where we all get eaten by a giant squid monster. Ah, uh, yes. Squid. That was my squid noise. That? that was my squid noise. That was very strange. It sounded more like a gremlin. I don't think I've ever heard a squid, but I don't think that's it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, stop. Oh, my. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Make Believe Heroes, an actual play, 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons adventure for everyone in all ages. I am your dungeon master, Mr. Deep Voice, they call me. Oh, my. Um, (laughs) No one calls you that. No, he's Paul. I have a, it's Paul. I have a a bit of a, some allergies. It's these allergy season, you know. The air around us is yellow with pollen, and it's attacking my allergies. Anyway, we are still going to play some D&D, and uh, we're still going to do all the things that you have come to hear us do, but before yeah. we do that, why don't we, uh, let's let's say who we got here today, who's playing some Dungeons and Dragons? I'm Jeffrey, and I play Kjork. Good lord. I'm Fleisha, and I play Mugret Stonefire. I hate all <laughs> that this. That was really hard to do. Howdy. I'm Ezra, and I play Clarence. <laughs> Good lord. Why, hello there. <laughs> <laughs> I am Zach and I play Chris. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan. Hello there. Hello there. We are going to play some Dungeons and Dragons. But before we do that, Yee. a couple things we want to mention to you. First of all, uh, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash make believe heroes. That is where you can show us your love and support by actually supporting us with your your cash money. We accept cash money and we use it to further our show just like this patron who we're going to give a shout out right now for their love and support because if you support us at any level including the one dollar tier we'll give you a shout out live on the show just like justin tyree <laughs> Woo! Hey, boy. oh wow <laughs> i figured who is better to give a shout out than r2d2 I mean, hey, a shout true. out from r2d2 live on the podcast hey justin thank you so much for supporting our show we really appreciate and it. I am C3PO. Human side. And if you go to patreon.com slash make believe heroes and support us, we will give you a shout out as well. You can also get some cool rewards like our Discord and uh, oh my. You know, MBH Plays episodes are available. Stop, Felicia, I'm going to slap you. Uh, <laughs> early release, special episodes recorded by us playing Lord of the Rings games and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, another way you can support us. So well, I love you guys, but I don't really have the money. That's cool. Uh, you can go to iTunes, Good Pods, places like that, and leave us a five star review. If or draw us pictures. If you leave us a five star review, we will read it live on the air, just like this review. We're going to read from Lux H. I think that's how you said L U X Lux or Lux 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 H uh, from Germany. Oh wow. And this review is entitled AMAZING, all caps with a period after each letter. Amazing. I told you guys, I'm having some allergy problems, and I am medicated. (laughs) This podcast is so clean and funny, I can't believe it. The most impressive thing about MBH is the storyline. I cried when Cervantes killed Lorik, spoiler, and just thought, what? When Lorik stepped out of the portal like a superhero, spoiler. Super zero. Anyways. Everybody who sees this and loves D&D for their ears, here you go. Please, Please. listen. Please. P.S. I hate it when Paul's accent gets Australian. Please stop with that. <laughs> Do it, Paul. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> uh, I, I'm sorry for my yeah, bad mate. Australian accent, but it is it is now though? canon. It's so good, though. That the orcs, the half-orcs in the drylands speak with an Australian <laughs> accent. So whenever I'm playing but this character, so I'm afraid I'll have to use that Australian accent. All of y'all Even Australian though it's terrible. accent. Wait, isn't, isn't Kjorg from the drylands? Yes. He is, yes, but he's actually from a different uh Jeffrey, different we're going to need you to start doing Australian personally. accent. Nope. He'd just be like, hey, I'm Kjorg, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yes. Kjorg, mate. Okay, you do an accent. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we're uh, going that, down to the Bobby. <laughs> let me also say um, thank you to BattleWards.com. Thank, Thank you, you. BattleBards, for letting us use all your Mike. stuff. How do you think a website? I mean, our the spice, the level of spice that we have received so from BattleBards.com over these last, spicy. like, what is it now? It's like almost four years of doing this podcast. They're so good. Uh, we love you. We appreciate you. We would not be who we are without you, BattleBards. You changed my life. It's true. 
Ahoma. Ahamo. You saved me. It's Omaha, Omaha. It is time to begin time with to the begin. rolling of the giant blue 20 sided die. Hey, roll it. <laughs> it's a three. Oh, man, it's a three. It was a treat. All that three. tossing. All right. A one, a, a two, a three. Let's talk about what happened last time on Make Believe Heroes. Last time, our adventurers, some of them, Mogert and um, Kalarin, were actually off on their own trying to get Kalarin some new armor. And while they were over there, uh, heading back from the blacksmith shop or the armorsmith, whatever you want to call it, uh, they got a call, you might say, from Juniper saying, hey, you need to get over to the Chateau Shattershield. There's a problem. Georg's in trouble. Same message went to Chris, and Chris gets over there quickly because he was closer. And turns out Kjork's in jail. Uh, he tried to steal a very important relic. Good the times. Dor- what was it? Dorvin's Great Bow? Great times. Dorvin's Great Bow? Dorvin's Great Bow. And uh, it was well. actually Norman's Great Bow. <laughs> Things went badly. <laughs> and he got arrested. Uh, long story short, they, they cut him some slack because of the extenuating circumstances of the gauntlet. <laughs> Mixed with, you know, the Unchained and all that good stuff. Plus, he's Kjorg and he's awesome, so... Yeah, but that's definitely not why. Um, definitely why. <laughs> so, anyhow, they, they let him go, and Kjorg actually had set an appointment to go back and speak with Barda about maybe using the Breaker Great Sword. So, the, you all went back to the inn. You got a little bit of rest. Chris went and met with the uh, leaders of the gauntlet who informed him along with Cliff and Gearby which is cool that he is going to be choosing a team and he had to choose a team of four and that the next morning they would all be setting out on an adventure doing something on a team of as a team of four and so Chris set back to the waxing way in to inform his friends and teammates on the champion team that uh, they were his choice and he wanted them to join him and they all took their badge they are now the champion team Kjorg went with Barda, and he actually convinced Barda to let him borrow the breaker, miraculously. But if he's going to be taking it, he has to leave something of similar value in its place. And so he left without it, uh, a deal but struck between the two of them, that whenever he is ready to use it, he would come back and let her know. We ended last time as Chris was summoned one more time to go meet with the leaders of the gauntlet, so that Chris, as the leader of team number seven, might choose from a random assortment of monsters just what sort of creature they would be hunting on the morrow. Sticking his hand into the bag, he pulled forth a small totem in the shape of a strange squid-like creature, which they informed him is called the Morkoth. Chris. That's a me. As the rest of the day was left to you, uh, you took what little time you had try and gather as much information as you could about these creatures. Yeah. I'm a researcher. There's Morkoths, which you had never heard of before. Actually, I'm proficient in Morkoth studies, so. He's literally. A- never seen one, never heard of it. It's his favorite animal. So never you heard of give, give me a roll, and we will call this a history roll, and it, it's not to recall information. <laughs> but to find information? To find information. That's at 18 plus 9, so 27. Nice. So you go to the library in your time, and you look, and it turns out no one knows anything about these creatures. (laughs) Nothing. Oh, my gosh. I'm just kidding, Zach. I'm going to give you a little something. I was going to say, can I pray? Can I pray to someone for information on Morgoth? It's sort of true. (laughs) Basically, here's what you do know about them, Uh, or or here's what you find. You, you, You go and you study them. And the truth is, there is actually little known about them. No one really, from what you have been able to find in Dimmerhold on short notice, no one has ever been able to capture one or spend time around one to learn about it. They are somewhat legendary creatures. Okay, Legendary. What is the best that you can tell from your study people theorize that they are not originally from this realm <gasps> that that they are from another world wow that in their in the places where they have been found or where they have been seen oftentimes there will be strange relics and stuff there 
because one thing that is, one thing that is very clear about them, there's a couple things that are that are very plainly stated. Number one, avoid them at all cost. Number two, you can't trust them. And number three, they are avid collectors. Okay. Also, they're huge and very powerful. Yep. I guess now it's late and I sleep. It's the next morning. You spent some time in the night and late and kind of get back late. And, you know, you may see the others and kind of tell them what you know, which isn't a whole lot, but a little. And you are now going to be getting your rest and preparing for the next morning. The next morning, you all awake and you know that you are supposed to report to the Arena of the Gauntlet by 9 a.m. That's early. We wake up at 9.15. Oh, crap, we're late. You awake and you go downstairs and you all gather uh, some breakfast there and prepare for your day. Now, Chris, I'm assuming you also took some time, the three hours necessary to learn the other new spell yesterday? Yes, yes, I did. Couldn't remember if we if we covered that or not. I think, so we, we'll... I think we covered it last time. Okay, well, just in case, you've got it. And what was the yeah. two spells you learned? Counter spell and fly. Okay. Uh, when I wake up that morning, I'm going to switch to my... Uh, cure wounds stone. Oh. Okay. You oh. equip the cure wounds stone and uh, get your breakfast. And it's time. You all head toward the uh, the arena for the gauntlet. Yes. 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 9 a.m. bright and early. We're not going anywhere besides to where we're supposed to go. Nobody's stealing nothing. Just for the record, Georg, you're not um, going to go get Breaker, right? No, I'm not getting Breaker. Okay. You all make your way to the arena of the gauntlet. You get there, and it's just like it has been so far. You check in. Of course, now they, they kind of know you at the gate. They have encountered you all a couple times now, so they tell you basically going into the same place you have been, the large sort of gathering area on the inside in the central room. And you all make your way inside, and you come to the central room. And everybody's kind of getting there at the same time. A lot of the other contestants are already in there. Some of them are coming in around the same time that you are. You walk in, and uh, you hear a voice that says, Mogert! Mogert! Yogurt! Mogert, I have been trying to message you all night, last all day yesterday. Oh. I sent you sending after sending after sending. I think I turned off my brain while I was sleeping last night. Turned off night. your brain? It, uh, it was it like... The middle of the day yesterday, all day I was messaging you. Are you sure you're a messaging me, or were you messaging like uh, someone? I else? was messaging you, and then I came to the waxing way in, hmm. and I I asked the innkeeper where if you were there, and she said yes, and then you ran out the back door. <laughs> I chased you around town. <laughs> oh, you, think... you didn't hear me yelling, Mogert, Mogert, it's Nelly. Oh. Oh, oh, yesterday. Oh, there was a yeah. lot that went on yesterday. Right, like me chasing you all no, the way through town. not even that. That was a very small thing that happened. So it was you, and you did hear me? <clears throat> no. You didn't hear me? I did not hear you. What so the- I had to go talk to the king because Kyorgi was stuck in the jail, and I had to bargain with the king, and he said, Mogert, now you know that Kyorgi stole that. And that was a bad thing. And I was like, I know, King, but we're about to go in the gauntlet, and it's going to be very serious. Well, we're going to need him. Fine, then, fine, fine. It's fine. Look, I just want I you to know. I kept feeling a tickle in the back of my neck, but I didn't know what it was. I just want you to know. I guess it was mm. you. I don't Roll know. me a deception check. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's about to. She's about to see. Deception is negative a one. negative one. Oh, oh no! Big yeah. money, big money. Oh, that is a nineteen. So negative one, eighteen. Oh my no Let's go. That is my turtle dice. Should have given you disadvantage. Mm. Nah, you didn't say it, so you're good to go. Moger is very Let's deceiving. <laughs> um, she's gonna roll against you. Oh, Horns it. appear on her head. That's not gonna. Yeah, she's. I mean, it's not a nineteen. No, I got an eighteen. I just don't understand how that. All those sendings, maybe maybe there's some sort of magical interference or something. You know, I did hear that uh, the king has magical barriers, so you can't use magic down in the basement. And I was in the basement a long time. Right, but you weren't in the basement when I was hollering your name across town. Paul, can Chris walk up to this conversation? I guess so, yeah. I come up behind Mogert. Uh-huh. Nellie, she made her choice. 
What did you talk about? Like I told you it would be. Margaret's just going to look at them both. Nellie kind of narrows her eyes at you. Well, that's fine. <laughs> that's just fine. I've got my own team now. And she kind of puts her hands on her hips and Ogrim comes walking up beside her. Ogrim! Oh, Hello. It's so good to see you. It is good to see you all as well. I see that you've met our team captain. Yes, I've known her for a long time, actually. Yes, well, I was actually hoping that she'd join me, Ogrim, since we go back far. But I, I suppose you'll have to do, big fella. And she kind of jokingly pats she him on the, the side. She couldn't get a hold of me. I don't know. I guess she was too slow. or I don't yeah. know. Couldn't catch up to me. Well... Uh, good luck with whatever monster it is that you all will be chasing. Do you know what sort of beast it is that you're looking for? Uh, I don't think I'm supposed to. I look over at Chris. I don't think I'm supposed to tell you. I don't know. No, we can tell him. Uh, oh. We're we're hunting a Morkoth. Yeah, Morkoth. A Morkoth. You've heard of that, haven't you? I don't think I have, actually. I've met a few. Yeah, they're pretty strong. Just kidding. I've never met them. <laughs> 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 that is uh that's that's an interesting story we are actually going to be hunting a uh he looks at nelly like for approval and she's like oh yeah it's fine we're we're hunting a lich a witch a lich lich oh whatever that is liches are legendary evil creatures evil evil beings mages of death and darkness well good luck with that and mogert's gonna put her hand out to shake Ogram's hand? He shakes your hand? I hope everything goes well with you and this beast. And Nelly? And she puts her hand out to Nelly. And, but it's actually her pinky finger? Like their handshake? She reciprocates with the same handshake. Again, I, I'm sorry that you can't be on my team this time, Mogert. It's, uh, oh, me too. I'm so sorry. I guess so. Maybe next time. Yeah, maybe next time. Chris would reach his hand towards Ogram. Mm-hmm. And shake his hand. He shakes your hand. And then look at Nelly, good luck, and walk away. <laughs> good luck to you as well, Chris. And then she turns around and walks away. And after a couple of moments, um, someone, one of the attendees comes out and tells you basically uh, at 10 o'clock when they begin the uh, gauntlet proper, you will all step out into the arena in groups with your teams, and you will each be standing in front of a gate uh, that there are these these gates that have been built, and you all will stand in front of them. Uh, they'll kind of like lead you there, and the king will be coming out and making some announcements and kind of explaining a couple things to the arena, and then you all will step into the gate. And just like they told you before, Chris, you all are going to be transported in one way or another to a different location. One way. Oh, another. And you must keep your badges on your vestures at all times, in the front, facing forward. And when you are in danger, in serious moments, it will actually transmit basically a an image, like a scrying-type video of what's going on with you all to the arena. So we're wearing, we're wearing GoPros. In a sense. Amazing. We're in body cams. So uh, Mogert's going to go over to Chris and be like, Hey, by the way, I was totally lying to uh, Nelly. I heard her all day. It was so annoying. I was like, why is she bothering me? But I tried not to say anything because, you know, she can. She could have heard it. But Right. Before we left the gauntlet, I told her that you would pick the champion team over her. Of course, of course. And she still had the audacity to chase you down. Ugh. The audacity. I'm telling you. How does she have audacity? Does she I have a computer? I didn't think she had the computer. That computer's in my name? <laughs> <laughs> come, come on, guys. Come on. I don't know. Um, she's a little crazy. I've tried to tell you people. Yeah, I'm starting to see what you mean. I I don't really care for her much. <sighs> she's evil. She hides it with that beautiful smile and the beautiful hair and the awesome skills and she's the mad muscles. I'm saying it quiet. Definitely still in the room. Yeah. <laughs> saying it so quiet. <laughs> <laughs> we've we've been having a normal conversation. Then Chris gets a little louder and he's like, "Well, let's go out there and win." So Nelly knows who the best team is <laughs> and like does like a head jerk at her. Yeah, you look over, you see Nelly, you see Ogram, and then you see a couple others uh, whom you recognize. You see Soren standing there with them, the same one who battled against them um, in the final ranking match 
uh, the day before you guys fought. And then there's a dwarf sitting there with him. He's like a brown beard, brown haired dwarf. He looks kind of like you hate to say it, but he looks he looks straight up dirty. He's got dirt all over himself. He's covered in dirt. Is he like that kid on a uh... pig pen? Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. When he moves, <laughs> there's just a dirt cloud surrounding him. So amazing. Time comes, and you all hear the drums playing outside. Drums of war. Yes, you hear the drums of war outside playing, and you hear Juniper's voice calling out, and you can all hear it quite loudly. Welcome, everyone, to the first day of the second round of the Gauntlet of the Moon. It's time for our second trial. We have those who are strong enough to persevere through the first challenges. What awaits us today? Well, first of all, let's see our contestants. And the gates in front of you all swing open. Behind curtain number one. All at once, you all step out into the arena, and everyone is cheering and clapping and yelling. The place is just filled with people. And in the center of the arena, you see it is it is the smooth stone. There is the great statue of Dervetter holding the, uh, the likeness of Atonia. And there is standing on the platform before the great statue, King Duron Shattershield with his wife Barda standing right next to him. And then an elven woman with long blonde hair next to him that you do not recognize. You are led forward and there are around the statue, there are a series of 10 gates. They look kind of like these stone gates. They're probably about eight feet high, you know, like a circular sort of gate with nothing in the middle. You see the mages, elves, gnomes, wizards standing nearby each of the gates. And as you walk forward, you are led to your gate, gate number seven. Perfect. Where you stand as the cheers begin to uh, wane and Durand steps forward a little closer to the front of the platform. He begins to speak. Welcome, Welcome everyone. everyone. Welcome. Welcome. I'm sure, I'm sure you're, you're all, all very excited, excited to find, find out what's, what's going to happen next, next in the Gauntlet, Gauntlet of the Moon. If you, if you know, know much about the history of the Gauntlet, Gauntlet you know that uh, we, like we like to mix things up a bit. And, and this year we have actually included a challenge that is both exciting and a bit harrowing. It's something new, something different, something difficult that we've been working on for quite a while. Uh, with, uh, with the, the aid, aid of, of our, our friends, friends from Venthaven, we, we have actually created a way to send our contestants out into the world to complete their tasks while we watch from here. Uh, to explain how this is going to work, I welcome Leandra Darbold. Oh my. Stepping forward comes the same long blonde haired elf who had addressed. Dimmer hold some days before in the opening ceremonies of the gauntlet. As she steps forward, everyone quietens down and is very reverent as she begins to speak. I have, I have been, been working, working with, with King, King Durant and, and Queen Barda and, and uh, the mages and wizards, wizards of Dimmerhold, as well as some of our friends of the gnomes, to set up this task. Um, it actually, we are going to be using a technology that my son worked very hard to create during his lifespan. Each of these ten hexagonal gates made of stone will transport each of these teams across the world to a different place. I have been able to break the code of this magic using help from uh, like, like I, I said, said our, our gnomish, gnomish friends, friends using gnomish rune magic. magic. And it, it requires, requires a significant amount of power, and each gate is only currently good for one round trip. trip. With help from Gearby uh, and Cliff, two friends of ours, and uh, some uh, of the masterminds behind Fizzy Gear Guild, we were able to also create these badges that each contestant wears. And when they are in danger and it senses a high risk of adrenaline and fear and, and, and action in them, we will be able to scry their location and see what they see. So while they are each going to be facing trials of great danger, we will be here safely watching them and wishing them luck. Queen Barda says, Our contestants will be using all of their strengths and spells and abilities 
at their disposal to find great beasts, each of them has been tasked with a certain beast, a certain monster, if you will, to find it, to fight it, to destroy it. And once they have completed their task, they will be brought back here again, safe and sound. Of course, understand, contestants, she says, kind of looking out towards you all. Our mages are far away. And while, and while we will, we will do, do our, our very best, best to get to you, if you, you fall in battle, battle, there is a chance that wherever you are, there will not be anything that we can do to save you. So, so you are putting your own lives on the line. Now, the first three teams to defeat their monsters and complete their task will continue forward. And the others, I'm afraid, will be disqualified. Are you, Are you ready, ready contestants, contestants, to, to face, face the darkness, darkness ahead? Yeah! yeah. You hear a sort of call of consent from all the different contestants around. And then Leandra steps forward and she holds up an orb and it begins to glow. And as it does, you see a number of runes all around each of the gates. And, and for the four of you, you're looking forward at your gate and the gate lights up with a blue glow as each of the runes glow bright. And then the air between it begins to crackle and shimmer like a light, almost translucent blue electricity. Delicious. Mm. Awesome. May the, May the best, best team win. win. Did you hear that, Tilly? And everybody starts cheering. <laughs> your attendee, your mage standing there, looks to you all, says, it, it, it's time. Uh, step, step through. Now's, now's the time. Going through. All right. Thank you. Come on, champion team. I dive. Lead us, Chris, lead us through the portal. As I approach the gate, mm -hmm. I cast Mage Armor, okay. which creates the like crystal armor all over me. Uh -huh. I look over at Mogert, and I go, let's rock. And I wink at her as I step through. <laughs> very good, oh, very I see good. what you did there. You know very what you well. did, Claire, and he was my hammer, and the let's rock. <laughs> and so Mogert jumps through. You all step through? I dive through. You dive through. Yes. Falling lava, 18. I mean, 18 <laughs> details. Die through. of damage. You all step through. You feel a slight, like, electric shock. Like, it's, you know, not like a bad electric shock, but almost like a slight static humming through your body. Your body feels electric. And you step through, and there's a moment of, like, a bright, blinding light. And you step off of the hard, smooth stone in the arena of the gauntlet onto sand. Oh. Huh. Are we on an island? As Clarence steps through the gate, the last one of the four of you, you hear the crackle of electricity behind you cut off. And the blue membrane disappears. Hmm. That was very cool. Um, this is a... Big climate change. It hot. You are accosted immediately by a strong breeze. I like this so much better. It is hot. It is breezy. Are we in the dry lands? That's what I was about to say. And you feel as the warm waves of the ocean crash behind you, blowing much of the spray onto your backs and your necks. We were in the dry lands, but no more. <laughs> you look around you, and you see you are uh, not in Kansas anymore. You're definitely not in Dimmerhold. There's no stone walls, no crystal ceiling. There is a warm, strong breeze, and endless ocean stretches <gasps> out behind you. Yes! This is awesome. I don't know how to swim. And in front of you. You're in the middle of the ocean. I don't Georgie, like that. you don't know how to swim? I didn't, no, I didn't like Help. that. I'm just kidding. The ocean isn't all around you. In front of you, there is a there's an island. There's a tropical island. You see trees. You see the sand leading up to it. You see some stones and rocks around the place. Uh, you can see as the beach wraps around far to your left and far to your right. But one thing that you notice that at first maybe you didn't as you were just kind of adjusting but now stands out to you is there is no sunlight. Oh no. It's dark. It's dark. It's not like dark nighttime, can't see, but there's no sunlight. You look up and it's starry skies. It's almost like a weird sort of 
twilight. It's, it's nighttime, but you can see fine. I mean, I think all of you have dark vision, but even without um, dark vision, you would be able to see here well enough because the starlight is giving a sort of twilight glow to this island that you can... It's, it's weird. It, it is an eerie sort of thing. Huh. So, Chris, uh, what... What the? What's going on here? What is this place? I don't know. Didn't you read up on this monster? Um, I tried. No one really knows anything about it. Oh, great. Um, I know that it's a greedy collector. Uh, that's what you said, Fall, right? Yep. Should have taken notes. <laughs> so, Kyorgi, if you lived on this island... And you wanted to put a home somewhere because you're a greedy collector. Where would you put your home? Maybe if you thought about a place, maybe it will be there. You know? Because you like to steal things. Maybe on the middle of the island. Middle of the island. With the fence all around it. Yes, of course, a fence. That makes sense. But don't this thing like live in the water? Maybe. It, it is a giant octopus, ain't it? You ask where I would have my house on the island. In the very middle. I don't think we ever addressed that it was aquatic. So. But what if it flies? Oh. Okay, question. You said we were on sand, but like there's water and then there's an island out there? Water are behind we you. on the island? You're on the we're island. on the island. Okay, I was just making sure. Oh. All right, I guess we're going on a, what is that thing called again? A Markov? Adventure? Uh, that with the, the uh, animal that we're going. <laughs> Morkov. <laughs> a Morkov. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, we're not going to find it standing still. So, this way. Just start walking. You just start walking. Yeah, I know how to swim. Uh, yeah, I swim. So, there's no, like, nothing around. It's just an island empty. There's a whole island. It's just a tropical island. There's an island across the water. No. You are on the island. You're on the beach of the island. Ah. So, since I'm from the drylands and I'm used to sand, maybe it's not the same exact kind of sand, but... Just can I, a message in the sand. I'm not going to do this. that because the Morkoth probably can't read. But, <laughs> yeah. um, what if I do... Can I do, like, a perception check to see if there's any tracks in the sand? Oh, look, like someone's going to play would. D&D. Yeah. You can make me a perception check, yes. Cute. I was just going to walk into the forest blind. <laughs> I was going to take out my pot and hammer. I was going to ask and look for a city. Oh, that's a that's not seven. Good. Why doesn't everyone give me a perception check? I will. I can give you a yeah, perception check. Yeah, do that, because mine was poop. I don't like perception checks. I don't like these dogs. Chris likes perception checks, okay? I got a seven. I did two. I got a six. I no longer like perception checks. I got an eight. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No one rolled over a ten. Can we just act like that never happened? That was Give, you give guys, me advantage, Paul. You don't see anything of note. Uh, you see, like I told you, you see the beach. There are some stones. Uh, there are a lot of trees up ahead of you. The sand kind of leads up to a little bit of grass and then into a forest, uh, a tropical forest. Well... I take out my pot and hammer. Do you huh. think there's any people around? You know, around? probably not. And if they are around, they're dead. It's the people's champion! Well, we're Honestly, dead. didn't we call in the... Um, are you banging it with your hammer? Didn't we do that before yes. and it worked? So might as well. Marco! I mean, it kind of worked, except for the fact you that... You filthy <laughs> sack of crap! Chris is up by the forest line, about to walk in the I trees. I heard <laughs> smell like poop. Yeah, Mogert's going to be behind Chris going... Come on, Kyorgi, maybe if you follow in behind. Anyone else want to join in the Morkoth insults? Sure. If you could write in the sand, it would be the stupidest message you've ever <laughs> wrote, ever. Yeah, Morkoths are stupid. So we're just walking through the woods and Kyorg and Moger are insulting the air. Y'all go into the woods? Yes. Yeah. Morkoths had pin heads. Oh, I am, yeah. yeah roll, me a, is- roll me a dexterity saving throw, Chris. Oh, boy. I'm just kidding. Oh. Yeah. 12. I was like, man, you're doing... No, 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 not yet. Not yet. Oh, okay. (laughs) Not yet. When his brain starts, like, leaking out of his ears, that's when I need to worry. I swing my mesa smiting at a nearest tree. All right. You swing a mesa smiting at the nearest tree. You whack it really hard. Yep. Pine needles fall off of it all over the place. Do they stab into us? No. That's it? Just sheds a bunch of pine needles. 18 D10s. It's a pine tree on the beach. You know what's interesting? Oh, hmm. oh, that's weird. It is very interesting. But you notice that it's a pine tree on the beach. Hey guys, 
Why is this what? pine needles? Hmm. Shouldn't there be coconuts? Uh, uh, hmm. Right across from it, right there, is a palm tree. There's a coconut. That's weird. I hit that tree. You hit it. Coconut falls out of it. I grab the coconuts. Okay. And I start banging those together instead. You do like... Yes. Like it's a horse walking. Yeah. You guys look around after Kirk points out, and actually, there's a lot of different kinds of trees around here. You see palm trees. You see pine trees. You see like maple trees and different kinds of trees that would appear to be from different types of climates that should not belong here. Any orange trees? Um, You can go looking. Oh. I look for an orange could, tree. If we could make our own orange juice, we roll, would never have to buy it again. Roll me a uh, roll me a survival check. Survive, Kyorgi. Survive. I got a seven. Dang it. Okay. That's Total. three. Yeah. Yeah. I toss that pine tree. You don't you don't find one. You're looking, you're looking, you're you, but you see like a bunch of weird trees. Hmm. Is anybody did you tell anybody what you're doing? Is anyone helping you? Someone else need to roll? What are you looking for, Kyorgi? An orange tree. Why? To make orange juice. Oh. Maybe the Morkoth likes orange juice. Makes sense to me. Oh, I got Um, pretty good survival. Let's roll it. I'd like to understand why there's so many trees out here. I got a plus five, so 19. You wander around for a while looking, looking, uh, and you realize you don't actually have any idea what an orange tree looks like. (laughs) Um, but you do come up on a tree and it has some fruit up there and you're not actually sure what an orange looks like. I probably don't know what colors are. (laughs) But you do see a fruit tree. Some round fruit up there. Huh. It's kind of dark, but they look like they might be a little orangish. He's poison. Hey, Marikoth, we found some oranges, we think. I don't actually know, but uh, if you're hungry, come on. Here, Markoth. I climb up the nearest tree. Climb up the orange tree. Well, I don't care what tree it is. I just climb up the tree. It's the no. orange tree. You climb up the tallest tree. Climb the orange tree. Fine, I climb the orange tree. Oh, also, oh, Chris, I don't know if I told you earlier, but I'll tell you now something else that you know about the Markoth. Oh, no. Is that it's hyper intelligent. Oh. Amazing. <laughs> well, this is a bad mission oh, get for us. The trees. <laughs> Get very, the, very smart. Get the trees. It might be under your feet. That's why I, I said you should. I heard Morkoths are very ignorant. You should never try to get into a. It's. I think I told you that you should never try to bargain with one and get into a deal with one because they are. You're an ignoramus. They are very sly, very smart. If you were a chicken, you would not lay eggs because that would be a dumb thing for chickens not to do. Oh. Chris, what are you I'm doing? So while they're looking for an orange... I was about to say, while they're looking for an orange tree, can I just, like, walk a little further and start... Hey, um, we're supposed to find a Morkoth, not an orange. Oh, I was climbing the tree to look around. I wasn't climbing it to get an orange. What if we're stuck out here for weeks? What do you see? What do your ranger eyes see? Your assassin eyes see, Balric? Roll me a perception check, oh, and, and I'll give you I'll give you advantage since you're, plus nine you're up too. in a tree. Yeah, I'll give you advantage since you climbed up in a tree. That is a nineteen plus nine. That's so good. Twenty-eight. You climb a tree, and it just happens to be a pretty tall one, Ooh. and it's easy to climb. You it's get up in the top tree. of it. Um, yeah, it's a sycamore tree. Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus, sorry. <laughs> you look out, and you see kind of exactly what you would expect to see. Nothing. More no, <laughs> You're on a large island. Um, <laughs> More trees. To see a lot of trees around, uh, yeah. but not far ahead of you guys. Maybe you know, I don't know. You don't know exactly how far. Uh, maybe half a mile from here, you can see, and you see this throughout um, from the area. You can see, you see a lot of these different things. But about a half a mile from you guys, like say that the direction you came in, call that north. You don't actually know what north is from where you are, because now that you think about it, it is weird. You're not sure what north is. So actually, you look up. Because you know how you tell north, you look at the North Star, right? Mm-hmm. You look up. When you guys left Dimmerhold, it was 10 a.m. Gotcha. You got here, it was twilight dark. Gotcha. Weird and eerie. I heard that, I forgot. You right. look up in the sky, you think you see what might be the North Star, and you're looking at it, trying to figure out where you're at, and you look back up, and it's gone. Huh? And then you realize that looking up... Tricky, tricky. Seems like the stars are, like, moving. Like shifting around. Oh no. We're moving. You have no idea what north is, what dir- any direction is, but you do know that that way, the way you 
point, can point and look, maybe half a mile away, there are, is some sort of a stone structure sticking up out of the ground through the trees. How big? Like big tall? Enough, it's tall enough that you can see it through the trees. It's not like huge. It's not like a big tower sticking up beyond the trees, but it's like you can see a piece of rock like jutting out. It looks like some sort of like stonework, not like hey, just like a rock. Hey, Clarence, yeah. don't forget to knock down some oranges while you're up there, please. I'll throw a couple oranges down. There's no oranges on the street. What is an orange? You're in a sycamore tree. I'm, I'm in oh a sick tree, God. man. Do you get any of those? Do you grab any of those fruit that you saw in the tree? I do. He saw coconuts and grabbed them. I saw. I'm talking about you. You saw. saw you saw something. You don't yeah. know if it's an orange She's or not. In a pawpaw yeah, tree. I'll grab them. I thought they were Anyways. really high up. No, I mean you can you can get to them. Okay, I'll grab one. A of them. I grab one. Three. Okay. Seventeen. Okay. There's no fruit on this tree. Two. I see something over there. It's a really tall build structure thing. Let's go that way. It's a big rock structure. Do I see which way he's pointing? Yeah, he, he, he can I, come down and show you the direction. Okay. That's smart. Instead of yelling so, from the top one of the orange for you, Kyorgi. One orange for me. I'm going that way after I take my orange. I'm going to give you three oranges and it's I large. have three oranges. They're, no, 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 you can't. They're, they're too, way too big. Never mind. I mean, they're you, you could carry them, but they'd be like this. They're like what the, the size of a these fruit. Like the size of a volleyball. So I'm going to take an orange and, and I'm going to give one to Kyorgi. Did we find jackfruit? The color is orangish, but it's also kind of yellowish. And You're talking about a... D- 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 the, the outside... Cantaloupe. I'm definitely not talking about a cantaloupe. Oh, the outside of it almost looks kind of spiky. <gasps> That's a pineapple. It's definitely not a pineapple. Pineapple. So I'm I'm going to crack one open. Mm. It's a dragon fruit. Okay. I feel like it's about to go. You eat you me. can so. you have to get a, something and cut it. Is it open. those things off okay. of Mario? Okay. So smash it with your hammer. I get a hand axe out. Georgie, mm. we're gonna get some good orange juice tonight. Oh no, are they flipping eggs? <laughs> and Please, I'm gonna no. uh, crush it. Paul is smiling. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's, it's more goth eggs. Go ahead. You know, I didn't even think No, go ahead. No, I already crushed it. Yeah, you, cr- you crack it. I cracked that egg with my hand egg. You hit it, and it doesn't, like, it kind of sticks in the edge of it. Like, it's hard. hard. It's like it didn't feel hard on the outside, but, huh. like, it hits something hard. That is very weird. I used my Mesa smiting on it. Here, Kyorgi, you try. You use your Mesa smiting, and when you do, it it, it cracks. Like, almost, uh, almost like an egg. Crack. One more time for good measure. Oh crap! I, I, All right, and I didn't call it can we hit enough. it at the same time? <laughs> you rear back to hit it, Mogert, and two spiky little legs stick out of the hole and start clawing at you know, it, trying I don't to get think, out from the inside. I don't think that's what oranges are supposed to do. That's not a fruit. You see the same thing start to happen on yours, Kjord. I swing harder. You roll me an attack roll. <laughs> Seventeen. So proud. All right, roll me the damage. Nine. All right, uh, Mogert, you wanna? Are you gonna do oh, something yeah. to yours? Okay. Um, I'm gonna drop the hand axe and say, "Let's rock!" and have the axe or my hammer up, mm. and it's gonna. I'm gonna slam down. Roll on an attack roll it. on it. That is nine plus nine. That's enough. Okay, cool. All right, now roll the damage. Yes. That's five plus five, so ten. Okay, so both of you are able to smash the things. Um, right as right as they're like. Trying to get out, you like smash through the crack in the shell, and it it, it, it it like twitches and stops moving. And you look inside, and it's it's like a little crab hmm. thingy, spider crab, spidery looking, but not exactly like a spider. It's more like a crab than a spider. Weird. I don't think we should mess with the fruit anymore. Get me another one. I hope we didn't just make its mom mad. Get you another one. I get another one. Oh no. You get another one. Why? Yep, and I carry it with me. Oh. Oh my goodness. Okay. Gracious. Well. Mogert picks up her hand axe, wipes it off, and puts it in her pack and has her uh, turtle rock at the ready. What just happened? This is going to be my new pet. (laughs) So I guess we're going toward whatever Claren saw. What did you see, Claren? Zach's been walking that way, right? Yeah. um, Zach. Yeah, I'm I'm going. Chris. (laughs) Sorry. Chris is walking. What? I'm not going to say you're like way ahead of him. We just found some eggs. Let's just not touch anything on the way. Please? Put the eggs down. This is like, my pet, Chris. No, it's not, Kjorg. No egg. Put it down. Yes, it's my pet. Where there are eggs, that means there are parents of the eggs, and I don't want to mess with that. Put the egg down. It's fine. Kjorg. Everything's going to be fine. Put the egg down. Oh, no. 
I take off running towards the direction that Claren pointed at. I'm telling Juniper when we get back. I'm going to run after Kjorg. Something that uh, Mogert and Kjorg both notice whenever the thing starts trying to crawl out of the creepy egg is that your your badges glow. That means we're close to the... Uh, <gasps> no. Morkoth. No. That means that there was danger of <laughs> um, That's when the, the thing came out of the egg, you said, right? Yes. So we noticed that? Oh, that just means danger in general? Anyone looking at you could have noticed, yeah. Kjorgi, you... Did you guys notice that shiny thing? Yeah, your badge was glowing. I wasn't watching. I was walking away. I noticed. So that means that there's danger afoot. Yeah, I mean, spiky dudes just come out of these fruit. We need to go. I grab another egg. Stop grabbing eggs. <laughs> come on. They're, they're big. I take two. Like they're, they're, you, you can take two, but you're going to have to put your weapons up. I feel like those are going to kill us in the end. That's fine. Okay. <sighs> one Kjord, for a Kjord. pet and one for a hostage. Kjord, you're going <laughs> to get us killed. You Kjord. all walk forward. Chris, you continue in the direction that Clarion kind of told you to go. And as you do, you finally you stumble up on what looks like some some like stone ruins. You know, like like some sort of ancient structure, stonework. Um, it's not like rough and concrete. Actually, it looks like... Well, it's, it's first of all, it's covered in like vines and things like that. And so you kind of have to pull things back to look at it. But it's like perfect stonework, like very, very nice, like almost pristine. The elements haven't damaged it. You don't know how long it's been here, uh, but you start looking around and it's kind of like what it looks like, honestly. It's like somebody just reached in and just grabbed the side of a building, plucked it, and then stuck it here. There's like a window mm-hmm. on one side. Like you kind of climb up and look and there's a window and and you kind of, kind of hop down inside there and you look around and there's like some furniture, um, stone furniture, different things. And you do see some markings that seem kind of familiar. Why don't you roll me a history check? We'll see how familiar they look. Roll the history. The 22. Wow. Okay. Noise. Yeah, these definitely look like something you've seen before, and you're pretty sure these are like some ancient gnomish runes that are, would have only could only have come from Rune Cather. Amazing. Can I read them or understand anything? Well, about it's not the so much themselves. They they look less like like words, like someone's wrote it, okay. and more like. And more okay. like Runes of power, maybe at some point, but there's there's no residual magic in anything. It's cut off from whatever source it was using. Well, you know that throughout Rune Cathair, the the railways, the right. uh, all all the technology that you guys use, it is fed by gnomish rune magic, and that these were connected to some sort of runish gnomish magic source at some point as well. You all come upon these stone structures as well. You, you don't see Chris inside that one there, but you kind of walk in and. And, and, and you see that it's actually not just this one, but there's a number of these little, like, stone buildings and stone structures kind of, like, haphazardly tossed around this little area. There's a few trees growing up here, but not as many. A lot of vines and grass and growth, but there are a lot of these stone structures. And you all kind of walk in, and they're all around. And Kjork, you've got an egg under each arm. And <laughs> Mogert, you're standing there as well, and so is Claren. What do you wow. do? Do not touch the rocks. I don't want to fight some flying rock lizard. I okay. I hop out of the building. I don't okay. have a pokeball to catch it. <laughs> Kjorg. Yeah. Can you break one of these walls? Sure. Ah, here we go. I can break one of those walls. Do it. If the Morkoth is a collector, I'm sure it won't like us breaking its stuff. Oh, Lord. All right, all right. Yeah, that's a way to fight it. Make it mad first. I'm going to... Let's rock! Well, I mean, we got to find it. <laughs> I know that, but I mean, it could just pop up. We don't know how this thing works. If it's invisible, we're dead before we know it's here. I'm going to grab my hammer, and I'm going to go over to the wall. Georgie, are you going to swing too? Yes. So I'm going to hit that wall. All right, I'll watch out. I'll let you know if I see anything. I mean, go for it. 19. Okay. I got 15 plus 9. You both hit it, so roll me, roll me your damage. 8. 9. So you both hit it, Georg, your mace of smiting... You know, it's particularly good at breaking things that are that are just constructs, like that aren't a living thing. Yes. But they bounce off of it, hmm. like hard. Hmm. Well, I don't think that's going to work. I know what'll work. What was chain? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that would work. What if you shoot some kind of magic at it? I get mad and I swing it again because it didn't do anything. 
Yeah, I don't know if it's going to let us break it. Hmm. Morakoth, can you please let us break the wall? That's a natural one. Oh, no. Oh, boy. Oh, no. Not a natural one. And this was to hit the thing again? Yeah. Yeah. Your whole body's going to shake. <laughs> <laughs> Maze of smiting breaks. Oh, yeah, Lord. <laughs> Mace of smithereens, am I right? <laughs> Please don't break your hammer. Um, your hammer you roll, uh, you swing hard at this thing, and when you do, uh, like you kind of give it some extra oomph, all you really got, and it cracks into that stone, and the stone is completely unbothered by it. I mean, like it just, it's like your mace ricochets off of it like a bullet and bounces back and hits you right in the face. Amazing. Roll me a d6. Three. So three. It hits you right in the hits face. Hits you right in the face. So like the spikes are in his face? <laughs> it's not going anywhere, Chris. Hmm. That's so weird. Hmm. These are runes and buildings from Rune Cather. <gasps> Oh, the secret place. Yes, the secret place. I can't believe you just said it out loud. But it's like it's magic or something. So Morkoth would have had to, like, take these or recreate them or... I pick up my eggs and go looking around some more. As you're going to do that, you step around this building, kind of walking forward towards some of the other ones, and uh, in the corner of your eye, you notice something moving, something shifting around. Something moved. You see, like, vines, you know, like the growth, and it's like something kind of low to the ground, maybe like two or three feet up from the ground, kind of moving around in this brush and in this vine. Rock lizard, I told you. Over here. You walk forward toward it, and when you do, something rises up out of the bush. Oh, no. Like something that was leaned way over and is now, like, standing, and it looks like an enormous, very smooth surface. Humanoid. But it's, well, when I say humanoid, I mean it's in the shape of a humanoid. It's probably seven feet tall, and it's made of solid stone. And in place of any face or mouth or eyes, there are two large glowing runes on a blank circular face. That's creepy. Uh, Chris, there's more. Hello, stone man. It there's more runes. It starts stepping towards you, and as it does, you all hear... As from around this little area, two more of them step forward and start moving towards you and breaking free of the vines and growth that are around them. And they are all kind of hunched forward just a little bit, moving in your direction. Chris. Let's initiatize. Who touched the rock? Initiatize. It's time to initiatize. 17. 7. We've got a 20. 18. So, uh, Claren, that means you're going to be kicking us off to begin with. Kicking us. What do you do? Where are we all at? We did. Uh, we all come outside, right? No, we're in this building thing, correct? No, you're outside. There are a number of these little building things they're around, around you, but you're outside. Yeah, <laughs> you're, they're not right up next to you. They're probably ten feet away from you in, in three different directions. There are three That's different ones. Good. One from from the left, one from ahead of you, and one to the right. And they got runes on the faces. Yep. So okay, solid rock, right? Solid stone, smooth, just like that wall. Cool. I'm like, what are these things? Zoinks. Zoinks? This is bad because they're rocks and all I got is bows and, and knives. <laughs> I ain't got nothing else. Is there like any weak spots on these things? Do I know? Or do you know? You have Could- no idea. You can- okay. There's runes on the face. I'm going to shoot at one of the runes if I can. See with, if it's with, with your bow? Yep. Just see if there's a hole in it. Okay. All right. I'm going to try something. All right. 15 okay. plus nine. All right. Which is? It's a, a history seat. All right. You Whoops. draw back and you fire. Wait! They have not took a turn yet. That's true. How's that work? Well, I forgot how to do it. You roll with advantage, so go ahead and roll it again. Make sure you don't get a crit. You have That's sneak 18 attack. 18 plus 9, so. You have sneak attack because you because you have advantage. Yeah. So you can roll that, which is 5d6s. There's another 18, so that's quite nice. a bit. Aww, Your yes. arrow flies right toward it and hits it nice. right between the eyes where those runes are, and it just completely bounces off of it. Mm. It, like, scoots up its head okay. and goes Scuss up into it. the trees above it, and it seems unfazed. It didn't even get the damage? It doesn't seem to be phased. Oh, my no. gosh. Are you kidding? Well, that didn't work. Now what? Uh, uh, Chris? Cure? Uh, help? Uh, you have a bonus action. Break it. To do what? 
Well, the one, th one thing you could do with a bonus action would be to use your um, cunning action, which allows you to dash, disengage, or hide as a bonus action. Yeah, so, I won't get behind something. Okay. <laughs> get behind something. I'm going to, yeah, like what's near me. Is there like oh, a there's little, plenty of stuff. Is there like a stone I can get behind? Yeah, stones and okay. trees and all that kind of stuff. I'm going to hide over here and help when I'm needed, so let me know. <laughs> okay, roll me a hide check. So, uh, stealth. Nine. What's my stealth? Uh, plus 12. Yeah. <laughs> At so that's a 21. So that's that's above their passive. Yep. I do believe. So now it's Margaret's turn. Let me know if you need me. All right. All right. So I want to. Well, if they weren't angry, they are now. <laughs> Sorry. So, okay. I'm going to rage. Okay. And I'm going to run up to one of them. Mm -hmm. Left, right, or middle? Left. Could I roll a check to see what kind of stone or anything like if I might know something about it with stone cunning like the history of the stone or you would could, that be but I think that would be an action I will roll to kill okay I'm gonna hit it with the turtle rock okay 18 plus 9 that's a that's a hit so that's 10 plus 5 and I wanna hit it like right in the face okay flat in the face with that first hit well you can hit it in the I mean you can hit it um come up and you bring your hammer swinging down toward what was it 10 plus 5 yep so 15 all right turtle rock glows as you swing it toward him and you smash it and it definitely reacts to your hit like it bounces back and you can see that your hammer kind of like that wall over there it didn't crack it but it marked it hmm. you know what i'm saying all right so i'm gonna hit with my second attack okay oh that's a nat one that's a natural one. Oh, you go to attack it with a second one, and when you do, you actually trip um, as you feel <laughs> That's embarrassing. another smooth Yikes. piece of stone wrap its arm in a sort of like Gumby, you know Gumby? Yikes. Kind of way around your leg and yank you to the side and slam you on the ground, kind of like the Hulk does to Loki. Yikes. You are raging, which is good. Yeah. You take nine bludgeoning damage, which will only be five. You take half. And you are now prone on your back. Okay. And now you all realize there's a fourth one. Yikes. Okay, but if that left one attacks anybody else. Okay, so that first one there, it has to attack you or else have disadvantage. All right, that is the end of your turn. And now it is Chris's turn. Chris, <sighs> there are four stone dudes. Come on, Chris, do something crazy. I guess I'm just going to throw a third level chromatic orb at it. Okay, which one? I attack the left. There are now two on the left. There's the one standing near Kjorgan Mogert, the one on the ground. It grabbed Mogert and slammed her on the ground. There's one straight ahead this way, sort of like straight ahead, and then one to the right. The one to the right, I think, is maybe the one that uh, Clarence shot an arrow at. Okay, I would probably go for the one on the right, because I don't want to accidentally hit Mogert. Okie dokie. That's a 27. Holy moly. That's a hit. Okay, I'm probably going to do Thunder, the Thunder uh, form. So 5d8. Okay. 23 damage. Nice. 23, I see. That is a big hit. When it hits it, there's an explosion of thunder. Just kind of the same way that Kjorgen Mogert's blunt instruments sort of scuffed it, and you could tell it damaged it without actually cracking it. The same happens from your blast, and it continues moving towards you in its weird, lumbering stone gumby style. I don't like it. I don't like it. Chris, are you done? Yeah, I done. Jorg, it's your turn. Chris, unmagic these things. Why is it my turn? Because you're number four. Yeah, are number four. They rolled very poorly on initiative. Uh, is he right next to me, or a few feet like a few feet away? He's uh, like like ten feet away. You're not the Morkoth. Where is the Morkoth? Did you put your eggs down earlier? <laughs> yes. Okay. You ask about the Morkoth. Um, there's no visible or audible response from these things. They just keep moving towards you. I don't want to fight an unnecessary fight. <laughs> and I swing my mace of smiting at its leg. Okay. Uh, roll it. 26. Okay. That's a hit. 11 damage. Okay. That is 11 damage. Uh, and this is the one on the left by you and Mogert? Yes. 
I'm confused. Why did Clarence not do any damage? I think I know. Is this an arrow? No, I mean, if the Mesa Smiting is not... Clarence the only one that has hit with a non-magical item. Mesa Smiting is magical? Yes. yes. It has an ability. Your Turtle Rock has an ability, and my spell... I know that. That's why I said a minute ago that was magical. I didn't think the Mesa Smiting was magical. Do you have any magic weapons or attacks? Okay. No. No, so stay back. Stay back, son. You could just watch out for us. You hit it with your mace of smiting in the leg, and when you do, it kind of, like, its leg kind of knocks in a little bit, and it, you know, it doesn't knock it down, but it definitely hurts it as it starts to take another step towards you. I swing at the back of its leg with the mace of smiting. Okay, roll it again. 26. Okay. 11 damage. Okay, another 11 damage. All right, this time... You, you've you've wounded it. Its leg cracks. <laughs> and it falls down onto its knee. Well, one knee and then one half a leg. And it is like shambling towards you. I do the Waluigi thing from Mario Strikers. Waluigi! <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that the end of your turn? That's it. That's all, that's all I'm going to do. Okay. It tries to grab you. Try harder. It misses with its grab... Um, what a failure. Probably because of the fact that it is, you know, on and down on its knees trying to grab you and you're large. Uh, it like it like gets its smooth hand on you, but it's it's unable to make purchase as it's like shambling toward you. And uh, that's the end of that one's turn. The one that's on the ground that slammed Mogert is going to try and slam Mogert again. Does a 17 hit your armor class? Oh, yes. And that is a hit. So let me roll. That is 13 bludgeoning damage. Um, of course, you half that, so seven bludgeoning damage. And you are still prone. Then there's one up that uh, that is, like, closest to Kjorg, so he's going to shamble toward Kjorg and try and, and take some revenge. Okay, this one is a 19 to hit. That's a hit. Take 11 bludgeoning damage. Wow. And you are prone. It slams you onto the ground. A little turd. Is this the same one or another one? This the is one a new one. Yeah, it's the one that was like to your right. The one that Chris zappity zapped uh, is going to swing at him. Chris, what is your armor class? 15. It's a 16 to hit. Okay. Uh, I'm going to cast shield as a reaction. Okay. Okay. Oh, so sorry. It's now a 20. So that'll miss. Okay. It, it gets its arm on you and you cast shield and kind of push it back. Do you have your abjuration bonus set up already from Mage no, Armor? No, once I cast shield, it'll come up. Uh, well, I guess okay. it would with Mage Armor either it, way. Yeah, it would have already, but it really doesn't matter if you haven't taken any damage. Yeah. Uh, it misses with that, and Chris, you're, you're kind of like able to push it back, and you're gathering yourself. And at that moment, Chris, you hear a boom, and you turn and look behind you, and the building that you crawled out of a big metal ball has rolled off of it onto the ground and now unfurls with arms and legs. It looks much like these guys, except it seems to be made out of solid steel. Oh, no. Mm. And that Amazing. is where we're going to end Very this nice. week's episode. Is it like those robots on uh, Clone Wars? What the heck that roll are out? these things? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's more like a... Like solid ball of metal. That's not a Morkoth. Once it hits the ground, it just kind of like Turns comes out. A monster. If you've ever seen the castle in the sky, it's, kinda, I've never seen it's a lot it. like the monster things in there. Boom! But the Rick All right. Dude. That is going to be it for this week's episode. Goodbye. Here in the island of nightmares. See ya. Uh, thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed this week's Adios. episode. <laughs> Lovely. We will be back again next week to see if our group Love. can survive these things and then find the Morkoth, and they better hurry up or they're not even going to make third place. <gasps> At which point they will be out of the gauntlet. Oh, my gosh. Or if you'd quit throwing, like, armies of rock people at us? All right. Oh my God. Thanks for listening. We love you guys. Bye. We'll see you next Bye. time. Bye. Bye. Yeah, you look over, you see Nelly, you see Ogrim, and then you see a couple others uh, whom you recognize. You see Soren. Flying. <laughs>
There's not a star. It's <laughs> <Ezra. laughs> The first word Ezra said this Soaring, whole time. flying. There's not a star in heaven we can't reach. It's dark. Oh, no. I was going to say we were in dimmer hold, but now we're in brighter hold, but we're not. Well, you're not. I mean, it kind of worked, except for what the What noise does a motocross make? Don't do that. <laughs> Chris, is that accurate? Is that what they come out? Come out wherever you are. Man, I cannot wait I to murder all four of you very soon. I can't help my role was poop. I heard Morkoth smell like poop. Come on, Kyorgi, maybe Kyorg if you yell- follow in behind. Kyorg is yelling out he heard that he heard Morkoths smell like poop. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear it coming? I want you to quit making that sound. It's an awful noise. <laughs> Golly. And I start banging those together instead. You do like... Yes. Like it's a horse walking. Yeah. There's a mark out on this beach and we do not know where it's at. And I don't know and he don't know. And yeah, yeah, yeah. What's happening? You made, you made music and Mogan. No, he was doing... He was doing a horse. Oh, like galloping? It's a Monty Python reference. Anyway. What if you shoot some kind of magic at it? But you got some electric electricity. Electricity. But you got the electricity spell. When y'all finally do meet the Morkoth, it's gonna eat us. It is gonna be so sick of you guys. <laughs> He's just following us like. <laughs> oh, 